What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Can of Heaven. As always, before I start these, I like to start these with a disclaimer by saying that I'm, I apologize for any noises in the background in advance and anything of that nature. And my second disclaimer by saying that these are for entertainment purposes only and to always do your own research, to come to your own conclusions, to have your own decisions or to make your own decisions. And I believe in your ability to be your own person and to do those things. So in today's episode, I'm going to be doing an interview with Pam Lozoff. And would you, would you like to state your occupation? Sure. Um, so I am a therapist. I work with teens and adults. Um, I also do some coaching and I do group facilitation. Um, a little less therapy on that side, but it's therapeutic groups and retreats. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And what would you say would be frequently asked questions by people who are barely uh, meeting you for the first time? Hmm. So I think when it comes to this, like this intersection of spiritual practice, like you talk about, and psychology, mental health worlds, I think a lot of people ask, like how I bring all of that in to me as a therapist, like how I show up in the room from that place. Um, I feel like that's definitely something, yeah, curiosity. People also ask me, like, what is it like to have your own mental health issues and challenges while also being a therapist and tending to other people's mental health conditions? That's a that really good question. Comes up. Would you mind answering that question? Sure, we can start there. Yeah, so, um, so I definitely have lived experience um, with depression, anxiety. I also um, identify as being neurodivergent. So I have lived with ADHD. That is a part of my experience. So I have all of that going on while I'm also in the room with people one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So I think sometimes it means that I can be, really have the capacity to meet people where they're at and meet people like from a place of true understanding and empathy because even if we might have different diagnoses or different lived experiences there are some places where it's like there is a common kind of shared experience and I feel like I really can lean in from that place of my truth of like hey here's some of what I've lived and I'm meeting you now in your depression, or I'm meeting you now in your experience of, of ADHD or whatnot. Um, so I think it actually like really shapes my capacity to, to show up fully. And it also has definitely led to periods of burnout and moments where I've just been like, I feel too close to this and I can't be in the room with this person who is like deeply suicidal. And I'm in it because they're my client and I have a responsibility, but there might be moments where, yeah, I kind of like then I'm not as available to my friends or loved ones outside of that because I have to like shut down after I'm with clients all day. So it's still a learning process and a balance to kind of find like, how do I show up as my full self, but also kind of protect my energy when I need it and try to like keep filling my own cup too so is there a way that you recharge after seeing a client yeah so i definitely have some practices for starting my day so meditation movement i spend a lot of time in nature 
at the beginning of my days. And then evenings, I will try to do like just kind of some things to essentially like clear the energy. And that can be like a walk. That can be like sometimes just going and venting to a friend, like going and, you know, grab a bite. Um, sometimes it's literally like collapse, lay on the floor. I just have to like, let, just like let myself do that and watch a show and tune out, which is like not always, you know the practice that most recharges me but it's sometimes just like the real that's where I'm at <laughs> um, and I'm like I got nothing left but I try to not get to fully that place and try to do the practices like day to day and in between clients and yeah did you have a moment where you were like this is what I want to do yeah I felt pretty called to the mental health field for, I feel like since I was in undergrad. Um, so I remember my freshman year of college, um, I was a peer counselor. Um, and so I went through a whole quarter long training. Some of my friends in my peer counseling who were in my peer counseling training are like still close friends to today. And a lot of us have gone into therapy, mental health kind of related fields. So yeah, I, I felt a call and it was definitely like, from a place where I was like really deeply struggling struggling at that time. So there's like the archetype of the, the wounded healer. And I feel like there was like, yeah, this piece for me where I was like, oh, I feel so called to work with folks and accompany folks on their healing journeys. And I'm also just beginning at that time was like just beginning my own journey through therapy. And um, at that time I was in treatment actually and like recovering from eating disorder and so I was like pretty deep in it myself but was like oh this I always had a sense that it was going to like shape and inform what I went on to do that there was like this calling to um, be on this path that's actually really beautiful mm. and profound and I personally didn't know that so mm -hmm. that's really cool that yeah. you had that experience and do you feel comfortable sharing what eating disorder you had? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was anorexia. And I was, um, it was from the time I was like 13 through about 22, 23. So it was, it got pretty severe when I was like, yeah, at that time in college. So when I was like 20, 21. Um, so I was in an outpatient treatment mm -hmm. program and um, yeah, had that experience in being in therapy individually, group therapy, but really like also uncovering that that was a coping mechanism for dealing with like much deeper emotional distress um, and challenges like depression and anxiety. Um, so that was kind of became this way, it became like a shield or, or an armor for trying to contain and manage like all of my emotional world which as a I consider myself a highly sensitive person and so as in that experience in the world it was definitely like okay I gotta find a way to how do I manage this like how do I do this and so that that became one of the ways I coped do you find that your clients have a common trait to them yeah there's definitely 
thread i would say the clients with whom we it feels like a mutual fit like we're like yes we work really well together um are folks who are really creative creative minds generally have some kind of yes sensitivity um and that with that creativity it might be other like neurodivergence so it could be adhd it could be um, some kind of learning differences um I also work from a somatic framework, so I do a lot of body-based work, so kind of like how do we, how are the emotions and trauma and energy, how is that stored in the body, and then how do we start to like dislodge it and move through it so we can make more space for experiences that we want to have, um, not just things that are like put on us and shapes that we kind of have to take on um, in our family systems or in our communities or whatnot that's really Mm -hmm. powerful have you ever heard of like reiki healing and doing a lot of um i guess it's similar to yoga but instead of yoga you're just using movements or better yet when did you hear about that yeah yeah so i feel like um yes i've done reiki i'm not trained as like a reiki practitioner but i'm all for like all of the healing modalities and kind of for like each individual to find their medicine and so for some people like talk therapy is not going to be the thing because they're like that's not how they express and i need to work with through art therapy or i need to work with like energy and energy medicine and so i've personally like i've gone to like craniosacral therapy for healing i've gone to massage and acupuncture and I've done some plant medicine work, you know, kind of like I'm all for finding kind of like, yeah, what you need to meet you in a particular moment. And sometimes that's therapy and sometimes it's not. Um, What would you tell somebody who is struggling right now? I would say definitely like listen to that struggle, listen to for like them personally, like listen to the wisdom that's coming through that's like really wanting to reach out for support and you know sometimes in our struggles it can push us into further isolation and feeling like we're so separate or like no one's going to understand our struggle but so much of it is to say to really like courageously take that step and whether that's like reaching out to a friend or family member or like finding, looking online for a therapist in your in your neighborhood or community, or which can be like a super daunting process. Or it's like, oh, I saw this flyer in a cafe for someone who does massage, and maybe I want to start there. But like, to not stay in your own internal struggle, and like, because that's where a place where we get stuck, and it's a place where we can spiral into some pretty dark places and kind of like fall into yeah despair um and so I think it's like really really key to reach out when you're in that struggle can you explain what it felt like to be that I guess that um archetype of wanting to help but not being in a place where you can Mm yeah yeah it's been like such a learning i feel 
there were times where I really got ahead of myself and I think I thought I was like more healed than I was. And I was like, I did a yoga teacher training because I wanted to do like trauma informed yoga. And, but I was like still, I, you know, I had just started my yoga practice myself, but I'm like, now I'm going to go teach and I'm going to do this. And I think there were some ways that I got a little like inflated in my ego probably. Um, so I think now is when I've learned now in my thirties, it's taken me some time, but like through experiences of being humbled and being like, wait, maybe I'm not ready in this moment. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's a fine, it's kind of like a fine line because there's also the imposter syndrome, which is so real for especially like people of color, women identified folks, queer folks, right? That's like, oh my God, I'm never going to learn enough, know enough, be trained enough. But it's like, sometimes there is such a power to just like your, your learned, your lived experience and like leading from that place. And then also like bolstering that with support and other training. And so I think there's a place we can go that we can maybe get like two we can think we're too, we're so ready, and then sometimes you get in the room with someone and you're like, whoa, maybe I'm not ready for this. Um, okay, I need a little more training or a little more support. And then there's the other place that's like, oh my God, I'm never gonna be ready. And often with that, it's like, okay, we'll take the first step and like just see, and then you can see what you need to learn more of. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned through I guess having clients. Mm. Yeah, I feel like so much of it has just been about, it's not about helping, fixing, saving. It's really about like accompanying people, like walking alongside someone on their healing path. Um, and so I'm not like any further along just because I have this training as a therapist and I did these 3000 hours and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm still learning and, you know, figuring out like my path to liberation. And I hope to accompany people like along that path. What would you tell somebody who is already in your position, who still thinks that they should be fixing people and mm who maybe they feel like they failed their client because they haven't fixed mm. something. Yeah. I mean, I think just beginning with like the curiosity of like, what is their like kind of need to fix? Like, why do you feel like you have to fix someone being in the seat of therapist or helper, right? It's as if you're the one helping and they're the one needing help, but it's like, actually so much more mutual and so much more reciprocal than that. And so I think if we if we assume someone needs to be fixed, then we're also assuming that there's something wrong or broken with them. And like, that's just not the frame I come from. It's a frame that our like medical system looks at, right? And it's like, oh, there's something broken and disordered and wrong. And, and sometimes there's a definite need for support and care, but also like, it's not about fixing. It's about reminding people of their innate nature and their wholeness and like being able to just kind of like shine the light back to that. 
That's beautiful. What would you tell somebody who wants to be a therapist? Hmm. <laughs> that snarky remark came first, which is like, ooh, it's a journey, <laughs> which is like, oh, this licensure path is very daunting. Um, so I think, one, like really listening, like, and knowing what your intention is, like, is your intention to, yeah, if it is like to fix people or you're trying to like make them... I don't know, different or change them or change their behavior, you know, that it's like maybe just really like examining your intentions and also knowing that there are like also a many paths to being able to support people and heal people. And culturally, there are so many, you know, different, different ways to kind of like do this work of guiding and accompanying people. Um, so I think it's both like it does feel like a calling and it does feel like something to listen to if you do feel that call. Um, and also like therapy isn't the only way to do it. And I think that's what I'm continuing to kind of learn and unlearn um, in my journey here. Do you enjoy the work that you do? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I really love being in the room with people. Um, whether that's like Zoom, the Zoom room or the real actual room, um, or I do some work in nature with folks like nature-based. Um, and that's always like the most beautiful part of it. There's a lot that goes around it, which is like the notes and the, you know, the, the progress notes and the case notes. And sometimes if you work with insurance, which I don't, but you know, there can be a lot of administrative tedious tasks that surround it and like the accounting if you're running your business and all of that you know that that's not the part that um I most enjoy but like I really enjoy the work of just being in these like deep intimate relationships with people and being you know the honor of like being trusted to be let into someone's inner world and into their life like I don't take that lightly at all it's really deep <laughs> and profound so you have your own practice mm -hmm. I do do you manage everything for your practice I do yeah what is that like sometimes I joke a friend and I have a joke that we like we're like let's tell our administrative assistant to do it but then you're like wait that's me and I just put this I put this shit off for the last month um so yeah it's definitely like wearing many hats right you're tracking things all the time so you're tracking your clients and their well-being and then you're tracking did they pay for session and do they over session which then gets a little muddled because now you're like oh I have to reach out and remind you to pay um and then just tracking scheduling right and there's constant like scheduling rescheduling um that goes on in you know just people's daily lives um so that part can be a lot, but I also love the autonomy of like, I make my schedule, I choose to have three-day weekends and not work on Fridays and keep a lighter Monday, you know, so like I can, there's a lot of freedom that comes with it. Um, and there can be like some sense of, 
you can feel really on your own, like in a it's private practice, like it's you and your clients. And I feel really grateful for some, when I do these groups and retreats that I do, I have a couple collaborations. So I work with other folks and friends and I love getting to do that. And it feels like it kind of balances when the one-on-one -on -one work can get a little heavy or intense and I can like, we're kind of holding together and facilitating together. Um, and then I also have in a consult group, which is pretty common for therapists where you meet with other therapists to just be able to kind of support and talk through challenging, you know, cases, situations that may be coming up for you. So that's also super supportive. Oh. Mm. Any supporting or final words that you would like to conclude everything that we've talked about? Mm. Which has been a lot. <laughs> it has been. I have, to, I have to come up with my wisest <laughs> closing <laughs> statements. No. Um, yeah, I think just the... For me, being able to come more and more into like my wholeness and whole self and true nature um, as a human and then to be able to like share in that journey with other folks is truly um, yeah it's it's such a privilege it's such an honor and it really does feel like a path and it um, feels like it converges so well with other my like with my spiritual path and it feels like I very much get to weave weave them together so um yeah i'm grateful to get to do this work that is awesome and i would like to thank you for accepting my invitation to be on sure. my podcast and it's really for having your podcast it's <laughs> awesome yeah yeah and i'm really grateful that i got to cross paths with you likewise and you have taught me a lot since being in your presence mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just something that, as being a therapist, you don't recognize the impact that you have on another person mm. unless they directly say that to you. Mm. And yeah. a lot of the times, it kind of just doesn't cross our mind yeah. to say that. And although we can say thank you, I don't think people understand the gravity of mm. like what you bring to the space. Mm. And I think since um, meeting you, I have kind of gone out of my shell because I've noticed that you have gone out of your shell. Mm. And it's a really interesting dynamic. And mm. I'm really, really thankful that you accepted mm. doing the podcast. And I hope that all of your future endeavors end up very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me and inviting me on. Yeah, I'm so delighted to get to cross paths with you too. Thank you. And as always, my babies, I upload Monday, Monday and Fridays during the summer. And during the winter, I upload Monday through Friday. And as always, I hope that these were helpful and provided some sort of insight. Thank you to my guest, and I hope to see you in the next one. Peace.